All right, well, welcome back. How are we doing? Doing good? Man, that, that was a long break. That was a long break, I'm not gonna lie. That, it felt like we were off for like two months. So welcome back, we're glad that you're here. If, uh, man, if this is your first time at the gathering, I just wanna welcome you. My name's Andy, one of the young adult staff here at Crossings, and uh, just really excited for you guys to be here. I wanted to make sure that if you are new, what Carly said just a few moments ago is really the heartbeat of our ministry. That, you, that this will be a place where you can belong, where you can be known, and where you can become like Christ. From the very beginning when we started this thing almost 10 years ago, the heart was that this would not just be a crossings thing, but it would be a kingdom of God thing. That we would gather young adults in our city together to worship the Lord, to grow in our, our faith and knowledge of who Jesus is, and then take what God's doing here and take it into our city. The one thing we don't want it to ever happen is that we just make it about this. Tuesday night, seven o'clock. Because if we're just doing that, we're just building a Christian country club and that's not our aim, that is not our goal. Our goal is that we would grow in our faith together, that we would see God move in the lives of one another and then the excitement of that, the gospel moving in our midst would then be a catalyst to our city. Because there are people in this city, there are people that you work with, people that you live with, people that you live next door to who need to know the hope of Jesus Christ. I was just listening to the words and singing along, and I'm thinking, you know what? We live in a world that is just chaotic. I mean, depending on the day and the week, people are chasing this and talking about this, and there's a new conspiracy theory of why this happened, and, and it's just chaos. Everyone has a strong opinion about everything. And depending whether you go on vacation or not and come back, it could be a completely different world. And as I was singing, I was just thinking, man, I'm so thankful that we serve an unchanging God. That he was there before, he's here today, and he will be here tomorrow. And that, that is the rock that we worship. That is the King of kings and the Lord of lords that he is not shaken by the waves of culture. He's not moved by the opinions of men and women. He's a rock. That's who he is. And so I know every Tuesday night I can come here, even as the old guy in the room, and be encouraged. Because I'm reminded, man, we serve a God that's bigger than the headlines and bigger than the trending topics. And we serve a God that's bigger. And it just so happens that he's also good, which is an encouragement to me. So thank you for worshiping. It's, it was, it's awesome. I love it. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to, uh, we're, guys, we're going to go right to the beginning. Genesis chapter one. We're going to go through the whole Bible tonight, so buckle up. No, just kidding. We're not going to do that. Um, I'm glad you knew that was a joke. Um, we, man, we, man, how long would that sermon be? Good Lord. Um, more time than we've got. But go to Genesis chapter one. It's the first First chapter in the entire Bible. That's where we're going to camp out today. But before we get there, I wanted to think about this idea. If you talk to somebody, maybe tonight when you got here on the way here, you caught up with somebody, my guess is you had a conversation that went a little bit like this. How are you doing? How was your Labor Day weekend? Or how, how, how are things in your life? And my bet is at some point during that conversation, one of two words popped up. Busy. Busy, man. Busy. Oof. Life's moving quick. Busy. Or it's maybe a company with, hey, I'm really tired. 
just exhausted because my life is so busy. Like just honestly, like this morning as our staff got back together and we were kind of powwowing before uh, the gathering tonight, I said, hey, how's everybody's weekend? Two of the, f- of the four people in the room said, busy, it was busy. And so it's just the way life is. And so what I'm not gonna say tonight is that busyness is, is, is the evil, okay? But life's just busy. And as you get older, trust me, life will only get busier. There'll be more responsibility, more things to do, more people to talk to, more jobs to be done. So I'm, what I'm not saying as we get into this series called Rhythms is that busyness is bad, all right? But busyness is a danger. There are dangers that come along with busyness. So here's how I think about busyness in our life. Like if you think about um, when you, you're, you're clapping to the beat of a song. Some of us are just naturally better than that than others, okay? Let's just get that out there. Some of you have a very difficult time on the beat, right? That's okay. But if it's just one song that we're trying to keep tune with and keep time with, it's not that hard. You can kind of, okay, all right, I got this. But if all of a sudden you're listening to one song and you're clapping along and then another song starts playing, you're like, oh, uh, oh no, okay, um, I'm gonna keep, do both, we're gonna, you know, like we're, all of a sudden we're, we're busy. And then a third song comes and now all of a sudden you're trying to keep time with three different songs on three different beats. And then there's a fourth song and a fifth song and all of a sudden before you know it, you're like, ah, I can't do it anymore. I think that's what busyness does to us. We try to keep beat with a song. Maybe it's the song called Career. We're trying to keep pace. We're trying to keep time. And then all of a sudden, I want to add a little something to it. And we, we add the song called Relationship and Romance, right? And so we're going we're gonna to clap on that beat. And we're going to keep our career one going too. And then all of a sudden, oh man, we, we got to deal with other people's expectations of us, parents, grandparents, oh, let's, let's keep the, that, that song going too. We got to keep a pace of life and make sure that we're keeping up with all the songs that are being played. And I don't, it could be a million different things, career, relationships, heck, friendships keep us busy. There's a lot of things that keep us busy, but busyness, the danger of busyness is that it's a rhythm that is usually chaotic. It's usually not actually a rhythm anymore. Busyness turns into chaos, and the danger is that our pace of life, the busier we get, the pace of life can easily outpace God's plans and God's ways for your life. Busyness, distraction, keeping up all the beats can actually get us out of pace. I think of Luke chapter two, one of my favorite little snippets in the Bible. As a parent, I love this story because Joseph and Mary, they lose Jesus. Anybody ever get lost in a grocery store or some store when when you're a kid and you start freaking out? Well, Joseph and Mary did this. In fact, they lost him for three days. Three days. Their, 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 their whole family's traveling back home and they all of a sudden realize, hey, where, where's, where's 12-year-old Jesus? And no one can find him. So they go back to town and they find him with, in, in the synagogue teaching and talking. And he looks at his parents like, where would you think I'd be? I'm about my father's business. And what I love about that story, other than just the plain humanity of it, is that Mary and Joseph outpaced Jesus. He was where he needed to be. 
And they were going in a different direction at a different pace than Jesus was. And I think we can fall into that same mentality. That the busyness and the chaos of life, we then start outpacing what God's actually doing in you and around you and through you. And so the question I have to kick off tonight is what or who is setting the pace of your life? Who's setting the rhythm? I had a mentor tell me one time, he said, who you are now is who you are becoming. You know, I'm like, what do you, what do you mean by that? And he just, he just kept repeating it. You know, like, there, it's pretty self-explanatory. Who you are now, the decisions we're making now, the rhythms that are in our life now is who you will become. Because we're building into our life a way, a habit. And I just wonder, in a life that we live, in, in the fast-paced culture that y'all are growing up in, who or what is setting the rhythm of your life? The word rhythm simply means this, a strong, regular, repeated pattern of movement or sound. And so we titled this series Rhythms That Shape Us because that's exactly what rhythms do. They're repeated over and over and over and eventually they shape who you are. If you see water dripping on a rock for hundreds, maybe thousands of years, you see the impression on the rock from the water, the repeated rhythm of the drip, drip, drip. Now there have been some big things in my life, some big moments in my life that have shaped who I am but it's rarely the big things that shape who I am. It's the slow drip. It's the rhythms of the small things that I do. And so my heart for this series is that we are going to look at the physical, relational, spiritual, and situational rhythms of life. Let me say that again. We're gonna look at the physical rhythms of our life. We're gonna look at the relational rhythms of our life, the spiritual and the situational rhythms that God has set before us in his word and we see lived out in the ways of Jesus. The purpose of this series is for us to see that God not only loves and redeems you through Jesus Christ, but loves you enough to give you rhythms and avenues in which to live and have a life and life to the full that leads you to a full and deeply satisfying life with God. I, I live way too long in my life living for God, but not living with God. I was just performing and doing the right behaviors just so that he would be happy with me. But as I study scripture over the years, what I realize is he just wants to be with us, and he wants us to be with him. And I wonder, are the rhythms of your life allowing space to have a life with God. Not just around him or near him, but with him. And so if you're a note taker, tonight we're gonna talk about rhythms of creation. To kick us off, we're gonna start right at the beginning. And here's what we're gonna do. Usually you hear that like, hey, we're gonna get a 30,000 foot view. We're not doing that tonight. We're gonna get a cosmic million, million mile view. And then we're gonna bring it down to right here, right now, all right? So let's look at Genesis chapter one, verses 14. This is where we're gonna start. It says this, then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate day from the night. 
they will serve as signs for seasons and for days and years. They will be lights in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth. And it was so. Verse 16, God made two great lights, the greater light to rule over the day and the lesser light to rule over the night, as well as the stars. God placed them in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth, to rule the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. Evening came and then morning the fourth day. Here's my first point tonight that there is rhythm in what God created. There is rhythm in what God created. So here's a fascinating thing. If you wanna have some fun doing some Bible study, open uh, Genesis 1 and go on a deep dive and find all of the repeated words and themes and rhythms that you see. We're only gonna touch a few of them tonight. But there is rhythm in what God created. We are, we are surrounded by the rhythms of life. Just look at the creation that God has made. I don't know if you guys know what this is, but this is a metronome, all right? And this is for musicians, people unlike me. And it keeps the musician on rhythm. Tick, 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 tick. Now watch what Jesus or God has done through creation. Every day, there is a sunrise and there is a sunset. Then there's a sunrise and there's a sunset. There's a sunrise and there's a sunset. Every year, there's fall, winter, spring, summer. Fall, winter, spring, summer. Fall, winter, spring, summer. Fall, winter, spring, summer. Rhythm. What God created has rhythm. Think about your heartbeat. Boom, 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 boom. Think about the way you breathe. In, out. Now you're all thinking about breathing really intensely, right? It's a rhythm. We breathe in and we breathe out. We breathe in and we breathe out. You think about rain. It rains and then runs into the rivers and then the rivers run into the oceans and then evaporation, the water goes back up and then it goes back over land and it rains and it goes down the river into the ocean and it evaporates and it goes back over and it rains into the rivers, back into the ocean. You see rhythm after rhythm after rhythm. It's like a cosmic metronome. And you see this in Genesis. You see even the, the cycle of life. There is birth, and then there is growth, and then there is death, and then there is another birth, and then there's growth, and there's death. It's as if God, when he was creating, was thinking of just like this, I'm, I'm thinking of like a, a, a machine, it's like a machine. Like, right, it's just over and over, sunrise, sunset. And so there is rhythm in what God created. Order and rhythm and peace are the product of God's presence. For whatever reason, he chose to create with rhythm. Sunrise and sunset. Sunrise and sunset. Fall, winter, spring, summer. Fall, winter, spring, summer. Order and rhythm and peace 
are the product of God's presence. You see, God is not defined by time. He invented time. We are submitted to time. We have to be. There are just certain natural things that God has created that we are submitted to. We cannot change it. But what we tend to do is we try to binge in bulk instead of building rhythms into our life. Here's what I mean. Just as an example, we go to church on Sunday, we binge on our faith. We take a big bite, maybe we go to Sunday school and we worship, we hear a sermon, and then we wait seven days. We binge instead of building rhythms of our faith, daily rhythms. Have you ever tried to binge on your breath? It ain't gonna work well, right? <laughs> Just take a really big breath and see how long you can, you can go. No, seriously, don't do that. Because we know that's ridiculous. Because we know that God has created with us a rhythm of our breathing and our heartbeat. So doesn't it make sense that maybe, just maybe, the God who made the cosmos with a rhythm, that he also made you with a rhythm that will be optimal for you as human beings? In verse 14, it says, God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. They will serve as signs for seasons and for days and for years. And it says that it was so, and God said it was good. So here in Genesis 1, we see him create days and weeks and years and seasons. We use that word a lot in, the, in, in young adult language. Like, oh, we're, we're in a season, right? This is just a season. What does it look like to yield the rhythm of your season to the Lord? What would it look like? King Solomon in Ecclesiastes 3, he saw this exact same thing thousands of years ago. This is what he says in Ecclesiastes 3. King Solomon writes, There is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven, a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to avoid, avoid embracing, a time to search and a time to count as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. You see, King Solomon sees the exact same thing we're seeing, is that God, there is rhythm in God's creation. That there's a season for everything. There's years for everything, there's days, and there's weeks. And so the question then becomes, what are we doing with these seasons of life? You know, the funny thing about the fall and the winter and the spring and the summer is that in order for spring to happen every year, fall and winter also must happen, which means what happens in the springtime, right? There's new growth. Well, new growth can only happen when there is the death of the previous. The leaves have to fall in order for the next spring for new growth to happen, and that's the way it is with us. Oftentimes, things have to die within us in order for God to grow something new. And so we see this pattern and rhythm in creation. So the question to ask here is, what does it mean or look like 
to yield to God in this season, on this day, in this year. He's the one that created these rhythms. Creation has yielded to his, its creator. What does it look like for us? What does it mean for you to yield to the creator in this season? What does it look like to yield to the authority of the God Almighty, creator of the universe on this day? He is the one that has imparted. They will serve the lights, the sun, the moon, the stars. They will serve as signs for the seasons, the days, and the years. Let's continue. Let's go back to verse one, the famous verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Verse three. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that, that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. There was evening, and there was a morning one day. Second point tonight is that there is a rhythm in how God created. Not just in what he created, but there is rhythm in how God created. We can see God's character and power in the rhythm in which he created. His character and his power. Everything that we see, every creator, every maker actually has materials to deal with. Jesus, or God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, he created the material. There was nothing. And out of nothing, he spoke. That's power. In verse two and three, you see that he brought order to the chaos. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the surface of the watery depths. Have you ever been in the pitch dark and tried to figure your way out? It's chaotic. And so we learn the character of God and the power of God is that he brings order to the chaos. Creation was brought under the submission to him Let's look at verse nine, and we're, this is the rhythm you see over and over, like four or five times in chapter one. You see this rhythm of how God creates. It says, then God said in verse nine, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the water he called the seas, and God saw that it was good. The rhythm is God says, it is so, and it is good. You see this rhythm in chapter one of, of Genesis. God speaks, it is so, and he declares it good. That is the rhythm of God's creation. David saw the same thing in Psalm 19, one through six. David writes this, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night, Rhythm, day after day they continue to speak. Night after night they make who known, God known. They speak without the sound or word. Their voice is never heard. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. There is a rhythm in what God created and there's rhythm in how he does it. He has the power to speak and then it is done. And what God does is good. That's the rhythm. He speaks, it is done, and it is good. 
and you see it over and over in chapter one of, of, of Genesis. You see, God has placed rhythm in the very fabric of our beings, has he not? You know when you're out of rhythm, right? You know. This morning, I knew I was out of rhythm because I slept terribly. I was up in the middle of the night multiple times. Our AC stopped working in the middle of the night, got hot, and I woke up like, ugh. I could tell because I want rhythm. We want, we crave rhythm. We crave the sunrise and the sunset, the sunrise. And we want predictability. We want security. We want rhythm. And God offers rhythm. He is a God who creates from it and to it. It's important for us to know this as creatures of rhythm, creatures of habit. It's important to know that as created beings, the character of God and the power of God, because it helps us trust him when things feel chaotic. To know the goodness of God, that that is his character. And to know that he has the power brings immense comfort in the midst of the chaos, when things seem chaotic. We talk about Romans 8.28 often in our ministry. Paul writes this, God works all things out for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. I love the power of that verse because the power is not in my, in my ability, the power is not in the situation, the power lies in God who says he works all things out for the good. And so in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the exhaustion, in the midst of, of, the, of the, uh, the busyness, what is our rhythm? Who have we placed ourselves on? On a circumstance? On expectations? On desires and lusts? What is it? Because those things are always changing. That brings the chaos. But God is the one who brings the order. In Genesis 50, 20, at the end of the story of Joseph, Joseph's life is chaotic. Joseph's life is terrible. He's sold into slavery by his own brothers. The people who buy him sell him, and he becomes a slave to a household. And in the household, he's falsely accused, thrown into prison. For years, he's told, hey, we'll remember you when we get out. They don't. They forget about him in prison. And he finally gets out as an old man. And he goes to Egypt. And he earns, he, does, he works hard and he earns his way up. And eventually, fast forward, he saves his family from starvation. And this famous line that Joseph says, he says, what you intended for evil, brothers, God has intended for good. God has the character and the power to take the chaos and the confusion and bring order to it. And the comfort that we have is that when God speaks, it is so and it is good. God created all things to reflect his nature and his nature is goodness. So as a part of God's good creation, you and I, here's my question that I ask myself this week as I'm studying this passage and bringing this before you, is if God's rhythm of how he creates is he speaks, it is so, and it is good. What happens when God speaks to you? Is it so? Is it done? Or do we take the posture of, I'll take that under advisement, God. I'll see what I think. We are his creation. 
He took nine months to make each of you. And the way God creates, how he does it is he speaks, and then his creation is done. And the end result is that it is good. Let's continue in verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our own image. That word man means humanity. According to our likeness, meaning our, the the, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, According to our likeness, they will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea the birds of the sky and and every creature that crawls on the earth. God also said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant on the surface of the entire earth and every tree whose fruit contains seed. This will be food for you. For all the wildlife of the earth, for every bird of the sky and every creature that crawls on the earth, everything having the breath of life in it, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. Verse 31, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good indeed. Evening came, and then morning the sixth day. My last point tonight is that there is rhythm in who God created. There's rhythm in what God created, how God created, and then we finish here with there's rhythm in who God created. This means that there is purpose and intentionality in God's activity, including making you. Including making you. You are the workmanship and the craftsmanship of God Almighty. There is no mistake. There is no chaos in God's activity. God's activity is marked by intention and goodness. Look what he did. He created in our image Humanity, men and women, we are created in the image of God. No other creature, not the birds, not the creepy crawlies, no other animal is described this way. Humanity is different. He says, I have set you apart from creation. I've created you in my image. And that that is why life, every life, has dignity. Because we believe that every life is created in the image of God. And that is nothing to sneer at, that is nothing to cast off. Life has dignity because human beings, different than everything else, are created in the image of God. You have dignity because you are created in the image of God. Secondly, he provides for us, right? What does he say? This is your food. I've given you everything. I've created and I've provided everything that you need. And then he instructs and collaborates. This is what blows my mind right here. This is, this is crazy. He instructs them, be fruitful and multiply, right? And then he says, go, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. The God of the, of the universe, the one that created all things, has said, I want to collaborate with you. I'm going to create, and then I'm going to provide, and then I'm going to ask you to come with me, and we are going to do it together. That's crazy. That he chose you and me, humanity, 
to take care of his creation. We see this rhythm of collaboration between God and man all through scripture. He chose to use humans as his ambassadors. Man, that, that's crazy. God does not make mistakes. And as I said, that includes you. He's a master craftsman. Humanity is different. He has made you, took nine months. And here's the thing. We're, there's another creation story that I want to point at to finish up. We see this rhythm of God creating in his image. And then we see him providing for his creation. And then he is collaborating and giving responsibility to his creation. Paul in 2 Corinthians says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and see, the new has come. You see, for the believer in Jesus, the follower of Christ, you are a new creation. Created in his image. Romans 8.28 says that God, for new, God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son, created in the image of Christ. You, as a Christian, are a new creation in Christ, to be conformed to the image of his son, the image of God. And then John 3.16, the famous verse, tells us that God provides for us, that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whomever believes in him shall have eternal life. You see, God saw that we had need and he provided again. We see the rhythm of God's creation. When we give our lives to Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells us and we are made new. We have a new spirit and a new role and a new purpose and a new life. And he says, you know what? I have provided my son for you to give you and to redeem you, to give you new life. And then we see in Matthew 28 that he instructs us to collaborate with him. Jesus tells his disciples, go, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He told Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. Jesus told his disciples, go make disciples, be fruitful and multiply the kingdom of God. You see this rhythm of the gospel from the very beginning in Genesis 1, that God is collaborating with you and I. Why? I don't know, but that's his plan. And he said, I will give you new life in my son Jesus, and then I will send you out, and I will use you as my conduit of grace and mercy and love and truth to this world. You see, when you give your life to Christ, the season of self-supremacy has found its winter season. And now you enter the new spring of your new life in Christ and there is new growth and there is new purpose and there is new fruit. The old has gone and the old has passed away. You see, when we come to Christ, there is new life. If there is no new life, then you probably have not come to Christ. If we're still living in the fall, in the winter seasons of our life, and we're trying to force new growth, that's why the leaves have to die for the new growth to come. When you give your life to Christ, the season of self-supremacy has found its winter, and now you enter a new spring of your new life in Christ. So what does this mean as God's new creation? As, as a Christian, what does this mean? 
It means that we need to accept and yield to the creator's design for rhythm in our life. That he will speak through his word, through his spirit, and every once in a while through his people who also have his spirit and know his word. And then we walk in obedience. It is so. So, in this series, I'm gonna give you three so what's for this entire series. I want you to think about these questions throughout each week of, the, of this series. The first thing is I want you to be aware of and identify the rhythms that are shaping you. Be aware of and identify the rhythms that are in your life, big or small, that are shaping you, that who you are today is who you will become. What is it that's shaping you? What voices are we listening to that are shaping who we are? Is the loudest voice in our life the voice of Jesus? Number two, ask yourself this question as we talk each week. What rhythms might God be calling you to that you are fighting against? That he has wired you a certain way and he has called you to a certain way that we're fighting against and therefore we are missing out on God's purpose and intention for your life. And lastly, ask this question. What rhythms bring glory to God? Because David in Psalm 19 said, the heavens declare the glory of God. And the heavens were made by the rhythms of God's creation and his creative power and his creative ideas. And so if creation can give glory to God, then his greatest creation, humanity, how can we not? How can we not live in such a way that the rhythms of our life, people would see and give glory to God? So we have a metronome. Who is setting the rhythm of your life? Who or what have you given authority to be your rhythm? And just maybe, would you think about this tonight? That God loves you and has created you and made you to walk in his rhythm. Because here's the deal. I can stop this. I can move it down. Oh, that feels like my life sometimes. But I just wonder, maybe we let someone else set the rhythm of our life because he made you, he designed you, he has invited you to himself to walk with him. Galatians 5 says, keep in step with the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Let's be careful, gathering, that we don't outpace what God's trying to do in our life by being distracted and busy. That instead, we would say, Jesus, Holy Spirit, God, would you set my rhythm right? Would you help me know your word and walk in your ways?
Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for Genesis. Thank you for your character and your power that you did not create chaos. You brought order to our chaos. God, as we walk through this series and look at the rhythms that your scriptures point us to, as we look at the rhythms of the life of Christ, God, would you do a work in us that as you speak through your word, as your spirit convicts us, that it would be so in our life. That we would yield the pace, that we would yield the rhythm, we would yield the habits of our life, we would yield the beliefs that this world would tell us we need to believe and we have to believe. That we would not yield to that voice, but we would yield to your word and to the rhythm that you're calling us to walk with you. Holy Spirit, would you strengthen us? Would you awaken us to see what you're inviting us to as we walk with you? We pray these things in your name. Amen.